What's going on? Everybody, you've got the cardboard coach here with your boy, Coach Co. And team, we've got a very special guest on the podcast here today. We've got Mr. Kyle Kravitz, aka King of the Cards. How are you doing today, man? I'm great. I'm very happy to be here. I'm excited. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited too, especially because we have crossed paths so many times, I feel like. I think the first time we crossed paths was at the the Toronto Expo, probably, I don't know, about a year and a half ago now, which feels like forever ago. And you are one of the rare content creators that, and in fact, collectors even, that makes the trip out to Canada regularly for the expo. I won't miss an expo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I find that to be unreal. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Like, what what is it about the Toronto Expo that gets you? I mean, first of all, when I went down there, so we just had the national not very long ago. When I went down there, I was talking to a lot of people and they're like, you know, how's the expo? And I was like, well, you should ask Kyle. And, uh, and, and also I was like, I think it's great. And like, we're continuing to build and more and more people are coming up. And every time, you know, I kind of got to the point where I think I, I flipped them. I think I got them to, to listen to the fact that the expo isn't just hockey cards. They were like, oh, I got to get my passport. And I'm like, what the fuck is with the people in the States not having a passport? <laughs> I, I guess they're not traveling enough, but I, I will do everything I can not to miss an expo. And, and I'll tell you why. Yes, I am a huge hockey fan. And truth be told, the show is mostly hockey. Yeah. But I just see such an open potential the same way I see potential for hockey to filter its way more into the States and that Canadian fan base to collect within the States and travel to our shows, vice versa. I think that there are a lot of uh, Canadian fans who are sports uh, sports fans with sports that aren't hockey that haven't gotten that opportunity yeah. to collect the same way. I don't think it's necessarily that they only want hockey. I think it's been all that's available to them or all you've seen, you know, what yeah. else are you going to collect if all that's in front of you is constantly hockey, whether it be at a show or online, that's what you're going to gravitate to naturally. Yeah. So I, think there's a huge for something like that to develop more. And for me, <laughs> I love that exchange rate. I got to tell you. So that yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't blame you, man. That, that's a, a nice thing, deals wise. Um, I think the Canadian people are phenomenal. I feel very at home. I call it a home away from home. I think it's it's just a very um, endearing and wholesome community. I love hockey. The whole thing just blends itself perfectly for me to be attending a show. So, all of that said, um, absolutely love the expo, and I just think there's potential there. When there are non-hockey deals, I find that they're way better deals than I'm getting in the States, even though they're yeah. few and between. Every show, like I, last Expo, I picked up a Duncan 97 Topps Chrome Refractor, Tim Duncan, Ooh. A P- PSA 10, super low pop. That's a big part. I mean, yeah. that's a card that's like all day. Any sales in the past year and a half or $6,000 US plus, like more like 6,500 to 7K, we're, we're using the 6K comp and paying it in Canadian. That's yeah. how the deal got done. He yeah. said, I, you know, I'll use the comp and I'll have you pay me in Canadian. I said, done deal. No problem. Like, you know, that's on a card like that. To, that doesn't happen all the time, but I've had a deal like that every single show that made it completely worth it in itself. Yeah. And that's what it'll be. It'll be a handful of those deals. And then I get my dose of hockey for the six month period until the next 
expo i i completely just you know geek out and i pick up all my islander stuff i'm a diehard islander yeah. fan a couple pc cards but yeah I, I absolutely love the expo and um i would encourage people to go if you're a hockey fan it's a no-brainer if you're not it's just something completely different i don't think it's all that expensive in terms of shows for people that travel regularly to shows comparatively speaking to go there see a new place be it a card show i I think uh, it's worthwhile, especially once to see what it looks like. So you said a lot of things there that I I, I really do want to touch upon. First of all, congratulations on that Tim Duncan PSA 10 refractor. That's unreal. I think one of the reasons why, you know, if I own that card, I might be more inclined to move it at like, uh, you know, at the Canadian at the Canadian rate is, you know, to your point, there's just not a lot. Cards like that are tough to move down here because there's not as many people actively pursuing, like buying sure. basketball and even football to a certain extent. Ultra modern basketball and football tends to do pretty well down here. Um, but you just don't have that same volume of collectors and volume of collectors that are willing to spend the money even well, like adds, you do in the States. It adds to the same storyline, which is the, the guy clearly had it sitting there a while and there's yeah. reason for that you don't yeah. have people coming through the door looking for anything but hockey and the yeah. ones that are are not looking typically to spend on i mean that's a big card yeah uh, it's also but, like it's like i feel like people nowadays are more inclined to like buy if they are going to spend 6k they want to spend 6k on something that they might be able to turn into like eight in a few months do you know what i mean sure. like well i spent i spent 6k canadian which at the time is probably like 4,700 US, 4,800 US. The comps are 6K all day. The way I see it is like all day, a card like that, low pop, highly desirable. Even if I wanted to like be surefire and get rid of the thing, I can make $500 like yeah. snap of the fingers to yeah. pretty much any high end buyer that there is, or even listing it on eBay and letting it run from 99 cents, I'd make that. So, you know, there, there's different ways to think about it, but. For someone who was there, clearly had it out at a few shows, didn't get much attention on it, um, paying in cash and everything like that. There's ways to to do it the right way. There are factors that contributed to me getting that deal, yeah. but the, those come up and those are the ones that make it especially worth it. I love it. Um, and I I honestly, if, you, if you're listening to this and you haven't checked out the expo, I would highly encourage you to come. Uh, all of the people that have come down here, unless they're lying to my face, have said that they had a, go a good time. You know, much to your point, you know, it is a good chunk of it hockey. I would say like 70, 75% of it hockey. Yeah. Um, but I think that from what I saw, even at the national, like there was a pretty big Canadian presence there. Like the people I must have seen at least 100, 150 people that I know from either like Toronto or the GTA or Canada in general, which well, I, I got to believe it hasn't been like that maybe ever. Well, the, this national was also a national that's never been this way ever. So in terms of scaling out and having it be proportionate, that it would make a lot of sense that if normally you'd see a handful of people, you'd yeah. see a lot more at this one, that it was just absurd to be in that environment and have been there at the last national in Chicago that was two years ago, seeing what that looked like, the size, the action on the floor, and see that they figured out how to literally double both the space and vendors with the attendance at the same time. Like they didn't miss a step. So talk to me a little bit about your national experience. 
Um, How did you, yeah. Talk to me about it. Let's go. Uh, I just, it was nonstop from the time I got there. It was every day is such a bore because I'd wake up early in the morning to try to get out at least a piece of content, you know, for the day to have up there because everyone's posting from it. Uh, The beauty of it, especially with my content is a lot of it is not, a lot of it's evergreen. A lot of it, you know, if I'm doing a deal with the national, I could post it the weekend national, I could post it in six months from now, it's going to resonate the same kind of way. So, but in terms of the stuff that I was like with Jeter and and all that, we'll get to that, I'm sure. But it was um, stuff I really wanted to like get pieces of out and have that up throughout. So you're waking up first thing in the morning, I'm editing content, I'm running to grab breakfast. Then I'd have, you know, A, B and C to do in the mornings. One was the Jeter interview Then I'm trying to run over. I was trying to see Ocho Cinco, um, you know, like Buddy Swift from uh, boxing with him and so I, I popped from there to go see him and then I'm popping to go get a deal that I had a call on and then pop back to another table that I said I'd go see a deal. And the next day I had something with like there was no open time frame. Any open time frame was to make deals. So they're not really open time frames. Yeah. It's like those were the periods where I could dig in and look. It's just crazy. You're waking up seven in the morning. You're not stopping on your feet completely until six o'clock at the show like till close every single day i was in there and then after it there would typically be an event each day i had something that i was doing people i was going to see a deal something was happening that's awesome how did you i talk a little bit about jeter so jeter was there representing arena club Mm -hmm. uh are you a diehard yankee are you like a like a yankees fan from from day one I mean, I, like I grew up in New York. I um, love that. From New York and I uh, diehard Yankee fan. I grew up at the stadium. I had mini season ticket packages. You know, I had to get like a 13 game pack a year with my uncle. I'd like go to games with a buddy or two. Um, that was my whole childhood. I'd watch every regular season game growing up. Like it was a dedicated thing. Then you get older and it's like, damn, 162 games, a hell of a lot of games. So yeah, yeah, start yeah. missing a few as you go, but um, huge Yankee fan. Yeah. And of course, with that being said, in the era that it was, Jeter's my guy. Jeter's everybody's guy. I'm not claiming that I'm some yeah. unique in that sense, but I was in New York. I was at the stadium. Like I was one of the ones who was really there. And it, it just, it, it's crazy, but uh, he was there with the arena club and I'm partnered with them um currently and it it just came together in a matter of a few days where i knew he was going to be there doing this or that maybe say what's up to him and um sure enough as one of the couple partners that arena club does have at the moment they wanted to produce content and and have their people meet him and talk to him about the space and what we're doing and catch some of that on camera and then they gave me the opportunity of i mean for childhood dreams to come true kind of i would have done anything to sit next to him for a minute and have a a moment alone and grab a picture knowing myself from 10 12 years old i had gotten his autograph before you know when i was younger like once or twice and yeah taking a picture once seeing him out out and about in uh in tampa and so it's cool and everything but it's not the same thing it they offered me a a time slot one of the couple slots they had to sit down with him one-on-one and shoot whatever I want. I had to, you know, run it by them first. I couldn't be yeah, asking of course. some wild, uh, wild questions, but of course they, they knew I was trying to base it off of the hobby and provide some unique content and ask him some cool fun questions, which I hope I did. I think I did. I watched that thing back and 
was trying to be unbiased as possible. I didn't have a note card or anything in front of me. I really just wanted to uh, study what I wanted to ask. I was looking over it for hours the night before, just trying to make sure I'm making the most of it. And walking out of there, I realized like I checked every box of the things I wanted in that time frame. You only have so much time, but could have possibly wanted to ask and shown him his cards and awesome ticket stubs and talk to him about stories related to them and his involvement in the hobby and uh, even offer him a trade at the end. I'll say that. So it's, it's all going to be in the video. Um, yeah, pretty surreal stuff to say the least for like picturing 12 year old Kyle would have, would have passed out on the spot. So it was special held my own for sure. Do you ever feel like it's hard to be a hundred percent present, like in, in these, in these, like in this atmosphere, you know, like Absolutely. with the, with everything that's going on with all the opportunities that come your way, like even from like a, just a show perspective, you know, on a day, you know, you tell me that it's, it's a blur, all these great things happened. And it, it's like, it's very hard to actually appreciate them because it's so many things are happening at once. Do you know what I mean? It's definitely the case. I will say that the blur in my eyes actually was me being very present and in the moment. And when it when things go by like that and they just flow so quickly and you don't even think about them i think that is being in the moment so in terms of this show yes completely but in terms of like being in a show this size this is when you really realize how how big this thing is and how many people are actually supporting you you know you'll post some things here and there that aren't your biggest posts and like i get you know 100 some 200 something likes on this thing it's not anything earth shattering and then you go to a show like this and every corner I'm turning, I love your content. I like, Oh, I wanted to meet you. Can we grab a pick showing me something, giving me a card of like one of my guys. It, it was, it's insane. It'll, it'll be in my videos and everything. And that's why I love capturing that stuff. Not to, you know, show off the process of that happening, but to simply have those moments and document them and show what this thing is. It was crazy. I felt like I was in the moment, but there's definitely times where it just is so in an environment like that, there's nothing like the national, but for the national specifically, so overwhelming. And I, I don't think I'd ever want to take those moments for granted when someone says something like that to me, because it wasn't that long ago that I was hungry to so hungry to, to even get to a point of someone complimenting my stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want it to just because it's become more consistent and uh, more people are following and supporting it. I don't want that to ever be a kind of thing where I, I take that for granted. I think it's the coolest thing when someone comes up and cares enough to say something about what I'm doing or, you know, and they ask me for a picture. I think it's the most wild like thing in the world. Cause I, I grew up like only so long ago, I'm running around asking my favorite players and stuff like to get pictures. And they, they really, people in the hobby really make you feel special for contributing to the thing. That's part of why I love it so much, but um a, a lot of moments to take in for sure. So I, I hope I was present for most, if not all of them. Yeah. And I'm not like, I'm not saying that you're walking around like, Oh, like what's the next thing I'm going to do. But like, I, I know that at least for me, I was, I mean, that drive home, I was thinking a lot about what had just happened. Cause like in the right. moment, you can't even really think about what's happening. It's just, it's all reacting. It's all, and it's all good stuff, you know, for like 99.9% .9 of it is all good stuff. And like, to your point, you know, people coming up to you and people asking for pictures and saying, 
you know, there were a few times where I got messages like after day one or day two where they're like, oh, I saw you, but I was like super nervous to say something. And like, yeah. I would respond and be like, if you see me again, you have to, you have to come yeah. up to me. And then the next day they'd be like, yo, I actually, you know, I, I grew, I grew balls and like, I came up to you and I was like, I love that. You know what I mean? Like, um, and so it's, but I did find that I also had this blur and I guess asking you if you were present kind of allowed me to unravel you know, what I was feeling too. It's like, it, we both weren't like not present, but at the same time, it's like, it's very, there's just so much going on. And I think that a, an amazing thing that, you know, a lot of people talk about videographers and, you know, oh, there's cameras everywhere and all this shit. But I think for the person who's in it, I think it's important because I think it's very hard to kind of pull yourself out in the moment and be, you know, like omniscient here. And you're like, holy shit, like, look at what I'm doing right now. You know what I mean? Look, I'm I'm recording on an eBay live or I'm like, you know, that we're live streaming to thousands of people or I'm sitting next to my childhood hero. Like it might click in the moment, but like the, the whole magnitude, the full circle moment, you know, might not take place then and there because you have a job to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and you have to just have it documented. I yeah. think people forget at least for me, I know it's different for everybody, but my content stems from me being somebody in the space who loved the hobby, who wanted to also get to enjoy it as a business so I can do it every day. Yeah. And that's what reflects in my content. The content started with me just simply documenting that. And whoever wants to watch it or like it can watch it and like it, but I'm going to be doing it anyway. And that that's where it stems from. Now, I'm not naive. Of course, now I, I know I have to produce content. I'm very fortunate to work with companies that want to work with me on this. It's all about growing the hobby to me yeah. in a positive manner and yeah. providing value. So, you know, that's what I'm doing. Like you said, having a job to do so for sure. But it does stem back a bit to that beginning where it's like me sitting down with my childhood idol. It can get zero views when I post that thing yeah. tonight. Any yeah. clip of it can get zero views. I want to have that for years to come to watch, show anybody who's close to me or will care enough to watch and enjoy that moment. So a lot of it is that. And I sit there and smile. I mean, that's what's special. I can very safely, I'm very fortunate to have like the support I do and the viewership I do and all that stuff. And it's continuously growing. But if it wasn't there, I I would still want so many of these things, if not all of them to look back on. Cause I do, I sit there and watch, I enjoy them again. I get to enjoy that moment multiple times. And I sat there a few weeks ago now, scrolling back through my page because you produce so much content in a short yeah. time, you almost forget certain pieces of it. And I got to re-enjoy them like they were happening the first time. So that's what it's about. And it's awesome. Let's talk a little bit about the inception of King of the Cards. So, you know, you were a collector as a kid, right? I'm sure it's like the, the story, everyone. How does it transition from collector as a kid and what you were collecting? You know, you already mentioned that you were a diehard baseball fan and, and your Islanders fan. How does that then transition into king of the cards and, and eventually someone who actually gets paid to create content? So that evolution, I mean, that's really been the past couple of years specifically. It all started for me in the hobby in general. I mean, like any other kid, I had my baseball card collection. Uh, I went to the card shop um, here and there. I went with my grandma. Like we'd, we'd walk to the 
the card shop and you know pick out a couple of things here and there and like when i was younger you know it was baseball cards and it was some you know some basketball and um even when i was younger i everyone was playing Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff so like yes buddy yes i do none of that anymore i'm not involved in any tcg or anything whatsoever but like i i i get it like there was a point for me that i i really did uh enjoy that stuff when i was a lot younger i was um god i'm I'm talking going to the shop 10 years old i was obsessed yeah i had i I dressed up one time as uh, uh i forgot what they're called i i really haven't you know um looked you're telling me that you like dressed up as what yugi for Hall- I, had, Halloween? I had the little like a character I, I had the little thing where you slide the cards into the it dual on disc phone. man come on dual bro. okay yeah well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to play cool here. i really like i i wish i didn't remember that for halloween or just for shits and giggles for halloween <laughs> i dressed up i dressed i dressed up as, as yugi for halloween <laughs> yeah no it's I, look it was uh it was great and I, I remember going to see the movie and stuff and all that but anyway about the card shop like yeah i'd go in i'd get like one or two of those cards and uh you know some packs of baseball cards and then pick out like, a couple singles from the showcase that i like grandma was good to me she she took care of uh you know but like get, getting me some cool stuff so um yeah i remember like for whatever reason one stands out to me i was just obsessed with this yogi Berra. even at my age i was like 10 years old i just thought yankee legend the coolest thing that's how entrenched in baseball i was and it was a patch card not game used of course nothing is but it was uh, one of those like insert custom patch things. Yeah. And it was just the nicest looking card. And I didn't know anything else about it. And all I wanted to do was take the patch card and feel the the jersey. That's funny. And of course, me being 10 years old, I'm like, you know, like, Nana, like, the, the, this was on his jersey. And, you know, I, I didn't know. And I just kept feeling it. And the guys behind the counter were like, oh, you know, don't, don't touch it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like those are memories I have. So it, it stems from that and having those cards. I got really into autograph memorabilia and I'd love like going to the ballparks and meeting the players and going to signings and collecting that stuff. So then it built into that. You get to like middle of high school and all of a sudden I was like flipping autograph stuff that I had to flip into other things and trying to create a little side hustle, 15, 16 years old. I remember doing that left for college, put the whole thing up on the shelf, figured out what girls were. And, you know, it, it just like, for me, became a just, yeah, going to live college life and you're yeah. not thinking about those things the same way, I guess. And yeah. uh, it can completely a whole different frame of mind circle to the back end of college. I'm like, dang, like, I love that thing still. It, it's just, why did I, why did I stop doing it? I guess I was busy growing up and living life and stuff, found it again, refell in love with it all over again as if I had never left. And then had all this different mindset and experience and actually thought I could start a business or understood how to do so. So I was getting ready to take my master's degree. I had some like had some money saved from working part-time and whatever. And I said, I'm gonna take this money, I'm gonna dig it all into this. And if by the time I walk out with my master's degree, I have a business running, then that's what I'm going to do. And I'm, I'm either going to have this thing running fully or I'm going to go get a job like everybody else. And uh, I, I found a way to to make it work. I don't know how exactly that's all boring itself, but I remember sitting in the back of classes on eBay, on Instagram, I was wheeling and dealing. And, and that's where King of the Cards started was I, I created a page. I started posting 
my pictures. It's the Instagram you see now. If you scroll back to 20, 2018, 2019, just pictures of cards, you know, that I don't take it for granted. Like they're not the most massive cards. And I, at that time, those were big cards for me and, and posting them. And it was just pictures. And then I started making videos about it and started gaining traction, ended up on TikTok. And uh, once I got on TikTok, started building that up, the dollar challenge started. And throughout that period, it's where I really grew because um, so many people latched onto that. They found my other content. They started enjoying that. It was the perfect storm of things. So that grew the TikTok. TikTok will follow me on Instagram. And there, there you go. All of a sudden, I got a couple platforms where um, followings and everything. And, and that's that's the full story of how it was born. So you're only looking at it, you know, two to three years since all of that took place. Yeah. And I mean, I've definitely seen your growth uh, and it's happened in an exponential manner. And before we started the show, like I talked a little bit about the flip challenge and how I thought that that was an integral part of your growth. What motivated you to create this, like the $1 challenge? So whenever anybody asks me about it, like I don't, I don't copyright the thought process or the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the gist of it. Cause yeah, everyone always brings up like the story about some guy trading a paperclip into a house and the whole thing. And, I immediately applied it to cards and I don't even think I was the first person to try it and yeah. card sure people have tried similar things. I hadn't seen them or been familiar with them, but it, again, the concept, I'm not coining the concept. No, 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 for sure. And I mean, flipping in general has been around literally forever. I mean, that's like what so many sure. people have done in this space forever. You know what I mean? Like to your point earlier, that's what you were doing when you were like 10, 11, 12 years I, old. No, no, it, it, that concept was there. I think just like shaping it into a manner that it could be fully documented and transparent that I don't think anyone has done. Cause I, I think, you know, a lot of the time, I'm sure people have done it legitimately behind the scenes, but they're also, it, it's very easy to like pad what you're doing and, you know, um, not really like take it fully legitimately. I, I really wanted to keep the integrity of the thing as best I could. And everyone looks at the shiny number at the end and, of course, you know, you have your haters as you do with anything. And yeah. uh, all the time, the comments, this is all yeah. bullshit. And, you know, yeah. this wasn't real. And this doesn't make this deal doesn't make sense. And the fact of the matter is, I like the amount of deals I do in my business that I did not include for the sake of them seeming like they're better overall deals or that people wouldn't make sense of them or the amount of deals I turned away from people going like you're giving that to me to be part of the thing. And I do. I remember you saying that actually. And I think that that really stuck out to me where I was like, you know, if so, someone you're like, Oh, best deal gets like 500 bucks or some shit. Right. And like someone was in the comments or someone was in your DMS and like, you actually posted it and you're like, I can't, I can't accept this stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, and you're like, please, like, I know that you guys, you want to help me, but like you, you helping me is by like actually offering me fail, fair value for your cards. You know right, what I mean? Like, like don't, fair don't deal. give me like a thousand dollar card for 500 bucks. Like just to be part of this challenge. Like I don't want you to move it along. I want yeah. you to be a part of it naturally. Right. And, and cause I knew what I could do with it. And to be honest, like you, if you go back and watch any of it, like there's a, a few month period and I had, I was trying to do so much other content and I was focused on building out the business and I'm like, there's a point where I just like stop wheeling and dealing and I'm getting the videos up and there's a few month period where the number at the end could have been so much more, whether I decided to add some of those deals or took deals I probably shouldn't have. Anyone who says anything about it, it's like, or, or a very constant comment, which is very, this is completely fair. It's like, why weren't the card shows expenses you were at taken out? And like, 
completely fair. That is the one thing I'll acknowledge where it's like, yeah, those were all expenses involved with it. The way I justified it for myself, I think everyone's dollar challenge is completely different. Everyone's flipping challenge and the way they go about things. I happen to be at those shows. For me, I justified it in the sense that I'm at those shows anyway. And they're all the deals I'm doing that you're not seeing that I'm not including made up that in terms of the profit yeah, to yeah. cover the cost. I would agree with you. I would agree well, with you. That would, you know, that would be a lot to document. And should I have made again, like everyone seems to think I had this like mapped out and write it from a textbook somewhere. This all happened with me walking into a local show, going to kind of bullshit with my friends and put up some fun stuff about it. And I didn't anticipate any of it at the time I started the dollar challenge. It's like, I want to say I had um, 8,000 TikTok followers, something like that. And like 4,000, 5,000 on Instagram. And I was planning to post a bunch of different content and all this stuff, but it became such a main course of things so quickly. Mm -hmm. Immediately upon me posting, people jumped on it like, this is going to be interesting. And I wanted to serve that, but no one guided me on this or tell people tell me it's not a real dollar challenge because this, this and that. It's like real dollar challenge. Show me the first one. Like, what's the what's the real one? Yeah, uh, I'm doing the best I could. And that, that's what I did the whole way. And I think it was a yeah, sure. There's a sexy number at the end. It could have been a lot bigger, could have been smaller. You know, it just it wasn't about that. It was never about that. Still not. Um, I'm walking around shows till today all the time and kids going like, that's what started my collection or the money from me doing that from home without going to a show is what's paying for X, Y, and Z in my yeah. life or in my collection. Yeah. That's what it was about. And, you know, if anybody has anything to say about that, then uh, they don't care about the hobby the same way I do. But I think it's important for people to know that I think it's, I mean, it's okay to, to flip and use the proceeds and just roll it back in to like get another thing that you want, maybe more. Do you know what I mean? Like if the alternative is like, you have to keep pouring money into this from an outside source. Like why wouldn't I use what I know about the market and use my negotiation skills and use market timing and stuff of that nature to my advantage when I'm buying and selling because everyone does that anyway. You know what I mean? And then end up, with a form of profit where someone else ends up with a card that they want, or perhaps they think that they can then make their profit on. And then whatever's left over, I can either, I'm not, I can either, but I can literally pour that back in. And now all of a sudden, like I can buy a bigger card or I can perhaps buy a PC item or I can pay my bills. Do you know what I mean? Like to your point, I mean, there are people out there that have been doing this forever, right? Like there are people that have been doing this literally forever. And I think that, you know, where a lot of that hate comes from is the fact that the people who are hating, I don't think they, they, they're they willing to part with some of their stuff. And I don't know if that's necessarily healthy either, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I can't have like a whole house of shit. Like, and again, I'm not saying, I'm saying shit very loosely. Like, I'm, I mean, yeah. like, I don't consider the stuff I own shit, right? But I just mean like, if it takes over like a whole room or it takes over your, your whole living situation i mean that's also a problem too you know so at what point is like i know people are like true collectors don't flip and it's like but i don't i don't even know if i agree with that i completely disagree and yeah. it's respectfully it's like i yeah. get what you're getting at because yeah, yeah. everyone wants everybody to be collecting not everybody has just like the street um disposable cash to just that's, be thinking that into. Yes. So if you care about this about there being collectors 
You need people making money. People literally get offended in this by people making money off of it. If no one was making money off of it, you don't have a hobby. You don't have it. You never would have. It started with people wanting to make money. And How do dealers operate if they don't make money, though? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, so what's what's the difference producers. between a dealer and a flipper? Literally nothing. That, you know, I mean, like I don't know. I'm asking, right? Like I don't know. You don't have you don't have card shows. You don't have, like. There's no backbone to this whole thing. You're talking about the the producers of products. Like when you talk about like a Topps or Panini, they're making money off of it. The people at the top are, and you're worried about the people that are going to take their money and sink it back into it. Doing so also, that's what you're worried about. Like that's that's not an issue. That's the whole thing. Like you don't have what you have if that doesn't exist. And people just need to take that perspective and stop being so hard nosed. And I I say it respectfully, but it really is something that is so touchy for some people. I, the amount of times you know I don't really get approached in person. It's always people commenting. No always, one ever asked me this to say in person. And yeah, I think the one or two times somebody did, I, I said like I was almost excited about it. I think they anticipated me being all like taken back. And I was like, no, like let's sit down and talk about it. Like, do you want to go like let's get coffee and like sit down and actually talk this through for the sake of maybe figuring out something better for the space. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, if someone has something to explain to me why people should not be making money in the space. I, it's not I, like I, you're a grifter. You know what I mean? It's not like you're selling yeah. something and you're like, oh, this is, I've never heard you once be like, this is the guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't like do you're that. selling. Don't that's know. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So like, I, that's, I think that's, I think that's that, disingenuous. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're like, oh, you, everyone should buy this card and like and you're conveniently selling it. Like that's a problem, right? But if you have cards that other people want to buy, I don't, I, I don't understand what the issue is. I don't either. I, I think that's always been a thing. I've never wanted to be that, um, that guy, I think it comes through in my content and something that's so refreshing for me that people tell me when they see me in person is, oh, you're not like most influencers, how influencers are perceived. Like you actually seem the same way when right now, like you seem the, the same way I see you in your videos. I would think it's different. It's just me. It just happens to be God on camera. Like anybody who knows me would tell you that anybody who ends up meeting me would tell you that it's just I'm being myself. Apparently, it was interesting enough to put on camera and have people look at it. I'm very appreciative of that. But it is just myself doing my thing. And when it comes to, like, I, I don't have that that motive that's there. I know how to make money in this space the right way and get people good deals on, on both ends, take care of them with cash, get a card to someone's hands, and they're happy with their price. Like, that's what that is all about, having both ends happy. But I never want to be one of those that's using a platform to... uh simply push a bottom line because there's too much of that. And I have issues with too much of it already. And if you look at my national, we were talking about, yeah, I, I spent a lot of money on cards. I'm going to flip. I'm going to flip them. They're bought to sell. I also dropped, I don't even want to say the amount of money because like there's a chance my girlfriend watches this, but <laughs> I, I went and bought, I, I sat at one table and I spent, if you break it down, I spent most of what I will profit off of this show individually flipping, just knowing my numbers and where I paid and the whole thing, like probably like half my profit just went right back in the cards that there's a very small chance of getting moved anytime soon. And uh, I, I think I posted them in part of one video. I didn't get into detail, I'll probably post them again because they're sick. But like I bought like 10 cards for my Jeter PC 
it was just a Jeter kind of week, I guess. But I spent so much. Like if I told you the amount of money, I spent a lot of for just tuck away type thing. I some of these guys are big ballers. And Is that the fusion hot. included in there? The fusion? Yeah. The um, the the what is it, man? The molten 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 fusion. I'm trying to think. Oh no, no, it... no, that's that was separate. So that was uh, yeah. Uh, bought through eBay, and so I could submit to the eBay vault, but nice. uh, wasn't even included. It is a like, uh, oh, it was a lot more money. I'm telling card. you, it just it, but like spending that that money comes from my business, which is flip, like I bought that so I can go enjoy these yeah. cards. It's not so you can take out a loan to buy sports cards. You know what I mean? No, like, but 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 that money went into a guy who set a up dealer. Oh, so yeah. that guy was paying the show to be there, and he's taking that cash, and he's going to go buy more cards from somebody else. Like, it circulates this economy. This whole thing is an economy of itself. And if you don't understand that, it we would not have it if not for these practices. It would not exist. It needs to go in a circle and continue to cycle. It stops when you don't flip anything, when nothing moves, when there's no movement, there's no there's no system, there's no business, there's no industry. It's funny you mentioned that this is an economy because I, I was having a conversation with my good friend Dave on the way home. And uh, we were kind of just talking about the national and like the state of the hobby and, and you know our thoughts and opinions post-national. And one of the things that really resonated with me is that the amount of companies that pour money into the space mm -hmm. and pour money into like creators and into, I, it's very hard for me to see a, a scenario where that money isn't being put back in. Do you know what I mean? Like I know so many people who got paid through sponsorships or through whatever. And that money went like 85, 90% of it back into the show. Do you know what I mean? And those are from companies that like either didn't attend or like are like legitimate businesses. Do you know what I mean? And like they're pumping money into the show too, right? So it's like when and I you know like let's say I get money, I I pay I pay a dealer, like I get cards, I move those cards, right? Like everybody ends up eating. If uh, and I just think that there's a lot more opportunities now for like outside help. Right. Because sure. there's it's not just about cards anymore. There's like a whole content side to it as well. That's like fueling this economy as well. Do you know how many people have, have like massive YouTube accounts that are like, like you know, are funding probably sports card purchases as well? Do you know what I mean? Like, right. so there's just so many channels now where people are generating revenue for this hobby. And a lot in a, many cases, they're, they're pouring it right back into the hobby. It's not like someone's sitting on a golden throne at home. Do you know what I mean? No, but there, there's a lot of capital being put into it. I mean, look, Post Malone just spent yes. a couple of mail on, on an individual card. And it's like, yeah, sure, that's one off example. A lot of things like that are happening. And I genuinely, unbiasedly can step back and look at this thing going, it is growing. I mean, especially after the national, I do think there are a lot of companies that are money grabbing. I do think, you know, you walk into the same national space in a couple of years back in Chicago and a nice handful of the corporate groups will not be there, Yeah, but there'll be a lot more vendors on that wait list and there will be a lot more attendees and there will be a lot more celebs. I mean, geez, I don't know if you even knew this. Meek Mill was walking yeah. the show before. Yeah. It's yeah. like Michael yeah. Rubin, the guy who's spinning this whole thing right now and consuming it like this is connected to a ton of people that he's face to face with and he's pushing this whole narrative of what the space can be to people with way more money than is in that room right now so if you don't think that's what's happening you're not looking at the big picture it is it is continuously growing and evolving and that's healthy 
that's healthy. The good things will remain and the issues will continue to fix. Like that is healthy growth and progression. I think that's where this thing is headed, but this is always going to be a reality and a part of that. For sure. Talk to me a little bit about integrity when it comes to uh, taking sponsorships or, or, or branding yourself with like another company. I think you've done a great job in staying true to your brand, but also, you know, there's been like a lot of startups that you haven't necessarily like probably had the opportunity to and, and never jumped on because it wasn't about the money. So I guess my question is, how do you maintain that integrity? Is there something you look for like in partnering with a brand? Um, I never want to ever just put, put a price tag on my principles and what I stand for, especially in the space. Yeah. So I, I look very carefully at a, a group and what they're doing beforehand. That being said, like, you know, I, I'm fortunate to partner with some good groups and I don't want to just like sell myself out to all these different companies at once. They're amazing opportunities. And if I don't see an issue with doing so, you know, I, I'm, but I'm not going to change what I'm doing or how I'm doing it. It's that you have to want to work with me, not tell me how to work for you yeah. if that makes sense it's, yeah. it's about that that's it's like i'm here i'm doing this thing if you want to work with me on that and provide some positive uh things for the hobby and the space then i'm happy to work with you on that i um have worked with whatnot and you know that's always a, a controversial uh like I'm, I'm well aware and I, I talk to a lot of people about things that have happened they're well aware i'm not saying anything that's you know out of line or on announced to anybody there have been many issues i'm very cautious of you know when it comes to a brand name i think about it and it's there are a lot of issues with plenty of companies some that don't always have the opportunity to come to surface they've had their fair share of stories come up and everything the way i looked at it was i was partnered with them to provide a positive healthy input to a thing that maybe is being perceived negatively, but be a positive part and do things the right way within that, within that group, because I can't control what, you know, the rest of the the group stands for the decisions they make. But I know that every time I'm going to go on there, if early on I had to repack, I was, I had that at tight margins and I was providing great value. And I put a lot of work into that. So people could come on and spend some good money and nobody went home unhappy. And then I go on doing dollar auctions, which not a lot of groups provide because, you know, the time for money isn't there and they got big teams to pay out. And that doesn't always justify, like, I want to provide value. So I'd go get a huge box of things. Am I making crazy money? No, I made some solid money, but everybody got their deals. You know, you're not facing as many eyes as an eBay. So running dollar cards can be dangerous if it's a $25 last sale. It's going to end on whatnot sometimes at like $8. six bucks. Yeah, exactly. But, but I accepted yeah. that I'm still making my money and provide yeah. again. I was trying to be a positive thing in that. So when it comes to partnerships, to answer your question fully, I'm very cautious. I'm very aware of who I'm working with. And if I'm ever working with, you know, a, a group that may be, you know, of question in, in certain areas, I have there, there's an angle for me there. there. There's a reason why I'm doing it. And, uh, you know, I'm never going to be told what to say or how to say it. Like I had uh, a post for eBay yesterday and like I, I had uh, worked with them at the national and we, we've been in a partnership for a couple different events. 
And I, because it didn't, you know, cross any, any sort of lines or anything, they, they provided me a caption to utilize for my post. And it was clearly a paid partnership. And that was for, like, I didn't well, admittedly just me being open. I didn't love it. Cause I, I read it and it just didn't sound to me full effect, but I looked at it and went, this is not doing anything, but leading people to the project that I think is fun. Like it's about the eBay vault. I do believe in the fact of keeping your card safe. They have tracking for prices. You can list directly to your eBay platform right there. It provides a lot of different values. So I said, all right, like, I don't love this caption, but this is what it's like to work with bigger groups and they need things a certain way. Is this hurting anybody or negatively affecting anything? No, I do back this thing. I didn't love the way it was worded, but like, that's my line. That's my line of like, I want to protect and get a little dramatic here, but protect and serve the, you know, groups that I'm uh, providing content for. The hobby Batman. I love it. I love it. Someone told me, um, someone told me Robin Hood once. Nice. That's a good one. I like that one. I love it. Kyle, I I loved having you on today. If people were going to try to find you, maybe opportunities to work together, maybe they just want to start consuming from the beginning. Maybe they just want to reach out to you about some cool cars that they have that might, they might be wanting to sell. Where can they find you? It's King of the cards and cards is with a K. That's how I always get people. You got to put King of the, you got to write that out fully and cards with a K and you will find me on TikTok is my biggest channel right now, Instagram. And then I'm new to YouTube, but like hoping to really start churning out some, uh, quality long form and short form content on there as well. And I just uh, started a merch shop and that's in in my links and everything. So a bunch of different places to find me as of right now, but all of it through King of the Cards, Cards with a K. Team, I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Kyle's unbelievable. If you haven't followed him already, please do. Thank For you. now, Coach Co and King of the Cards are out of here. Yes, sir. Peace.